1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Nadolis Garcia sends one the other way. That sends Carroll back. He's at the wall, and the legend grows. Nadolis Garcia wins game one. 12 years to the day that game six became synonymous with heartbreak. Game one becomes synonymous with Nadolis Garcia. Lion. Grounds one through, base hit center field. Hitting streak extended and lead extended. The throw from Tavares, not in time. A two out, two run single from Cattell Marte. <laughs> Watching games while studying for this game all at the same time. Play action rollout. Dobbs unleashes, intercepted. Once again, Geno Stone. Third straight game with a pick. And his league high fifth INT. You have got to be kidding me. They pitch it to Carlos Brooks. Barreling into the end zone. Third touchdown tonight for DeCarlos Brooks. Fake the action to Badger who's coming around on the motion. Fake that action in a pitch. And look at the black shirts that are just leading him into the end zone. From the four. Fafita throwing. Touchdown. Arizona. Wiley second of the game. And Michael Wiley has now passed over a thousand yards in receiving in his career. First Arizona running back to do that. Under pressure, golf was protected. St. Brown has it. Needs to get to the 14-yard line, and he will. Craig Reynolds through the big block, and St. Brown works all the way downfield for the touchdown. Insurance play action and looking downfield for Devontae Adams. He's got it. Touchdown Raiders. Oh, a dice roll in Vegas for six. No timeouts. Here we go. Dylan Gabriel. He got there. His throw to the end zone. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Monday, October 30th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis in today's Sports Zone. Right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. We'll start with the Diamondbacks. All right. Diamondbacks and Rangers. Who wins tonight in Game 3? The Cardinals. Should Kyler Murray be starting next week at Cleveland? The Sun Devils. Uh, what was most impressive during the victory over Wazoo? Uh, the Wildcats. What's been most impressive about Noah? I got the you know, Noah. That's right. I got the last name figured out, but the first name, Noah Fafita. What's been most impressive about him in his now you know, four-game 
four-and-a-half game stretch as the U of A quarterback. Meanwhile, uh, Lions and Raiders, who you got tonight, ATS? The football weekend, what most stood out from the college and pros? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15 or so around the NFL with Nate Davis of USA Today. We will cover a variety of things, including uh, the trade deadline, which is tomorrow. Uh, the Cardinals have the first pick in the draft. If the draft were tomorrow, which last I heard it's not, but they right now have the first pick. And we'll cover a few other things with Nate. Bottom of the hour, interactive action, 602-260-1060, and also, uh, also the local roundup. little bit on the Diamondbacks and the Rangers uh, from games one and two. Much more on that during the extra point. More on that in a moment. Final segment of the Sports Zone will be the national roundup, topped by World Series Game 3 odds and also Monday Night Football odds for tonight. Then after the Sports Zone, from 10 to noon, it is the Extra Point hosted by Kale. That include much more on the uh, Diamondbacks and Rangers, Cardinals and Ravens, and ASU and Wazoo analysis at some strategical point also. All right, right now, on to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, who wins tonight? World Series Game 3 at Chase Field, Arizona or Texas. And Kayla is here and has the early returns. Early returns. Masses are on the Rangers side of things at 67% of the vote. Diamondbacks at 33%. The scheduled pitching matchup is Brandon Fott versus Max Scherzer. All right, today's Twitter poll question of the Cardinals doing the right thing by not having Kyler Murray make his 2023 season debut next Sunday at Cleveland. And Kayla, what's up here? Yes, 70.8% of the vote. No, 29.2%. This is on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. After the Cardinals' fifth consecutive loss on Sunday, 31-24 to the Ravens, uh, Jonathan Gannon said that Joshua Dobbs will start at Cleveland, but... Coaches, as we've learned around the years in the NFL from week to week, including last week, can say one thing one day and change their mind by game time. Meanwhile, on the local front, also on the local front, ASU will not go winless this season versus FBS opponents. The Sun Devils ended their six-game losing streak with a uh, excuse me, a 38-27 victory on Saturday night against Washington State. Washington State's now lost four straight after starting four and zero. Meanwhile, the U of A also won as a home underdog. Noah Fafita had three more touchdown passes as the Wildcats defeated previously 11th ranked Oregon State 27 to 24. What has been most impressive about Fafita's five games now uh, since he's replaced the injured Jaden Delora. Meanwhile, spanning the globe, the 49ers' losing streak has hit three. Uh, Brock Purdy, uh, clear concussion protocol, uh, and threw for 365 yards, but he also had two interceptions in the 31-17 loss to the Bengals. Is the Niners' three-game losing streak reason for concern or no big deal? 
Week number nine concludes tonight with the Lions hosting their first Monday night football game since 2018. Who you got tonight? Detroit minus seven and a half or Las Vegas plus seven and a half. Oklahoma no longer unbeaten. The uh, Sooners defense looked like the Sooners defense of many recent seasons in the 33, uh, 38, excuse me, 38-33 loss at Kansas. What stood out during the college and or pro football weekend to you? Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show all the way back to last Friday, which on these football weekends, that seems like a long time ago. <laughs> a, lot, a lot has happened since then, and you had the World Series and tons of college games on Saturday. Pretty uh, not much drama Saturday except for that Oklahoma game. Uh, been uh, interesting, somewhat interesting NFL Sunday yesterday. So what's caught your eye since then, since then being last Friday? That's Pipeline. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls in the general discussion category. So whether it's from the Pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or in tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That'll be followed by Around the NFL with Nate Davis of USA Today. Uh, we'll cover many things with Nate, as I mentioned. Uh, uh, certainly, uh, we'll talk about the 49ers, among other things, and a whole lot more with Mr. Davis. Also, once again, at the bottom of the hour, general discussion, phone call time if you want to jump aboard, 602-260-1060. And uh, time pending, uh, we'll cover some things on the you know, Diamondbacks and Rangers, a little bit on that. Cardinals from yesterday, maybe a little Sun Devils and Wildcats from the weekend. Those are things that I can talk about to, to some extent in that segment, if needed. If not, phone call time's fine, 602-260-1060. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Download today to hear all of the national and local shows you love. That's the KTUS 1060 app. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KTUS AM 1060 and Kesslux HD 2 100.7. You're home with the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m., Time to go around the NFL and out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports center by Nate Davis of USA Today. Nate, my apologies. I haven't got to your 32 things that we learned in week eight yet. Uh, usually I go through that uh, on Monday afternoon. So what are a couple of the 32 things that uh, stand out to you immediately when I ask you about this question when we get narrowed down from 32 to a couple things? Sorry about that, but you can do it. Well, I mean, the uh, the uniform situation in the NFL was great yesterday. You know, Seattle Oilers uh, yeah. have the Lions tonight. We got the uh, the trade deadline coming, and maybe that gets a little more interesting um, from a quarterback perspective with with uh, Kirk Kirk Cousins hurt. Um, yeah, 
The uh, Arizona Cardinals are, are one of two teams with fewer than two, two wins, but you probably already knew that. They've, they've been joined with Carolina at one and six. Um, and I'm told there's a World Series in Arizona, Bob. Is that true? It is. They're, the next three days are right here in Arizona in Maricopa County. So there you go. So glad you're keeping up on that with everything else you got going on. So very nice. Uh, we'll get to I will get, we'll get to the trade deadline for sure here momentarily. First up, let's go to the Niners. Uh, the 49ers, they were the greatest team on earth when they routed the Cowboys. You know, just you know, since then, three straight losses. How much uh, concern should there be regarding Kyle Shanahan's team? And uh, maybe how much of this is on you know, Trent Williams has been out the last two games and really probably shouldn't have finished that game in Cleveland either. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think you can there, – there's a couple things here. Uh, and certainly Trent, Trent Williams and Debo Samuel uh, getting hurt in that Cleveland game. Uh, Debo hasn't been played since. And like you said, Trent, Trent finished that out, but we haven't seen him since that game. I mean, I, you know, you're talking about probably the best left tackle in the league and then, and then one of the most versatile players and, and a guy that's really key to that, that San Francisco offense. So um, those are issues. Uh, you know, Brock Purdy has not played as well. How much of that is tied into the fact that his supporting cast has been uh, diminished the last couple of weeks? I think I think that's a big part of it. But I, I think you also look at that defense um, not not really maybe playing up, up to the standard it set last year. Uh, you know, they've got a new coordinator there with D'Amico Ryans having moved on to coach the Texans. Um, and, yeah, you know, the first couple of weeks when, when the Niners are scored, scoring 30-plus in each of those five wins, you know, that's a group that's not really tested and, and can easily go into pass rush mode, but that hasn't been the case the last couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, I think you got, you got a lot going on here. I think I think that when, when healthy, they, they should – they should bounce back, uh, but you know Brock Purdy has shown that that, that he that he's human, and and you know people that want to label him a quarterback maybe have a little fodder there. But I, I think this team will be okay. Um, but it, it is remarkable that they they find themselves uh, second place in the NFC West this morning. That would be true. And uh, yesterday they lose to the Bengals, and uh, with an, uh, an apparent now healthy Joe Burrow, what's your assessment of the Bengals at this point? Yeah, I mean, obviously they're 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 going in the uh, trending in the opposite uh, direction, and uh, well well timed uh, buy buy for them. And, and Joe Burrow looked looked pretty spry yesterday, you know, moving around uh, better in the pocket. You know, you even ran for forty three yards. Um, you know, got got T Higgins back healthy. He had a decent game uh, yesterday. Uh, they've got a really brutal schedule, so you know they're going to have to to maintain this, and they're they're trying to become the first team I think since this latest round of playoff expansion start 0-2 uh, and make the playoffs twice. They did, they did it last year uh, trying to, to repeat the, that, that pretty tough um, hurdle uh, again this year, but uh, you, you got to like Cincinnati's talent. And, you know, every, every team in the AFC North is good. Uh, every team in the AFC North also seems to have uh, have its issues, um, and the Bengals seem to get be getting past theirs as well as, as the Ravens. Um, but, you know, again, they, they've got a lot, a lot of tough teams ahead of them, but uh, you know, when they're right, you know, they're, they're obviously, you know, they've been as far as the AFC Championship game the last two seasons. We know, we know that they can be good. The Chiefs and uh, Patrick Mahomes finally lost the game to the Broncos uh, after 16 in a row uh, for the for the Chiefs. Uh, the offense, the Chiefs' offense, I think it's safe to say, has been inconsistent this year. Uh, is that because they just need a number two guy to, or the second receiver at least to go with Kelsey? Well, whether you want to say that or whether you want to say that, that <coughs> pardon me, that Patrick Mahomes just kind of needs some more time to find 
some some uh, some rhythm with these guys. Uh, you know, he, he did it last year. You know, obviously we all saw um, that, that they kind of overcame Tyreek Hill leaving, and, and I mean, there's been more turnover this year. You know, with uh, you know Juju Smith-Schuster had a pretty big role uh, in, in that offense uh, a year ago. Um, you know, they've had some issues breaking in the two the two new tackles, particularly uh, you know, Juwan Taylor and all, all the uh, penalties uh, he, he's had on, on on the right side. Um, but you know, the, the Chiefs. I think they'll be okay. I mean, the other side of this coin is that their defense has been really good. I mean, yesterday was the first time they've given up more than 21 points, like in, like in 15 games or some long stretch like that. And now they gave up 24. Uh, but, you know, guys like Skyler or excuse me, Sky Moore need, need to step up. Um, you know, we'll see what they can get out of Nicole Hardman now that he's back in the fold. Rasheed Rice has, has shown that he can be a pretty nice player. But um, I think I think there's just more more time for, for, for them maybe needing to gel. Uh, I think it's probably unlikely that they're going to make a move, another move, for a guy here uh, before before Tuesday afternoon. But I'm, I'm not overly worried about the Chiefs, and obviously Mahomes had had you know the uh, not feeling 100 percent yesterday, so I'm not going to read too much into this loss. The Broncos have allowed 70 points to the Dolphins and beaten the Chiefs in a span of six games. Uh, have Sean Payton and Vance Joseph figured some stuff out? Ah. Uh... I mean, they're they're playing better. I mean, they've been they've been competitive uh, in in several other games. You know, Russell Wilson has has not played badly this year. I mean, I don't think you can you can pin how badly this year has gone to this point, really, um, on him. You know, Jerry Judy showed up yesterday. That that, that certainly uh, helped, and then and then they got some more out of their run game. Um, probably premature for me to say that they've uh, they they figured it out, and then they're going to be an interesting team to monitor over the next, uh, I guess. 28 hours here because they, they've got some parts I think that maybe some other teams could use. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't think the Broncos are, are a team that's going to factor into the AFC West or the AFC race period down, down the stretch here. And then, then they're going to be facing some uh, some pretty weighty decisions in the offseason. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Nate Davis of USA Today is currently in the sports zone. All right, the Chiefs and the Dolphins play next Sunday in Frankfurt. Uh, what are some things to look for in that matchup? Well, I think I think it's you know the the, the matchup that probably we're going to be watching and looking forward to the most is kind of this, this Kansas City defense versus uh, this this Miami offense, and specifically uh, trying to defend their their old buddy uh, Ty, Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, kind of also be watching. You know, the Dolphins are going to be getting over to Germany you know, here in pretty short order, and Mike Mike McDaniel wants his players to kind of enjoy their Tuesday and do some sightseeing, and doesn't want to try to cram too much into a compressed space. Um, don't know how the Chiefs are going to, you know, de- deal with that, but I mean that, that is another factor going into this game. But um, yeah, you know, as, as we've seen, the, the Dolphins are, are really good at getting these uh, these explosive plays and, and putting points on the board quick. Um, they're not necessarily as, as great at, at getting, uh, you know, three yards when they need it. And, and we've seen that the big kind of the big dichotomy of their season is that they, they beat up on the Patsies, uh and then they've they've lost to, to two, the two good teams on their schedule, being Philly. In Buffalo and, and uh, lost both those games fairly decisively. So um, we'll see. Uh, nice getting getting Jalen Ramsey back certainly yesterday, and he had an impact on that mm-hmm. game. And, and they're still waiting on getting their other corners, Xavier Howard, back. So I think the Dolphins still have more room to, to hit their ceiling. Um, but you know they, they also hit the floor sometimes. Um, but it'll be a you know be a fun one to watch. Hope everybody's up uh, at nine thirty out here in the East to see that one. It's going to be an even tougher ask for the uh, people in Arizona to watch that one. 
Yeah, I'm, I've, I've kind of ignored these early games, uh, at least the London games. I'm going to actually you know, get up early and, for me, watch that game on a Sunday morning. All right, from, from the elite to the bottom, the Cardinals, after Sunday's loss, uh, are back in the, uh, at least for now, the spot, slot for the number one pick in the 2024 draft. Is Caleb Williams still a slam dunk to be that number one pick, no matter who's picking it? <laughs> Uh, I mean, he, he he may have gone from slam dunk to to, to free throw, but um, I still think he's kind of the the pre- presumptive number one pick. I'm not sure any of these other guys have bypassed him yet. He had a, he had a good game on on Saturday, uh, albeit against uh, Cal. But uh, you know, he's he's drawn unfairly, of course. You know, the, those Patrick Mahomes kind of comparisons already uh people saw what he did last year obviously you know they, they've had their their bumps this year but he's also had some big games this year so you know th- th- this debate will make probably make for more um good good fodder going into the draft and uh, I, I guess there's whispers too he may he may even go back to usc uh for 2024 um hard to hard for me to believe that that'll happen but I, I would not rule him out of the number one spot just yet or say that there's a real debate for, for who might be challenging him for it. Nate Davis of USA Today, currently in the sports zone. All right, let's get to uh, the game tonight. Uh, the Lions on Monday Night Football. How about that? Uh, against the Raiders, what are you looking for tonight in this game? I'm looking forward to seeing those new Detroit helmets. People are going to like those with the uh, little Mustang flavor to them. Uh, to, you know, all, the whole Ford co-branding with the Lions. But um, I'm looking forward to seeing them, them get play, you know, a, a primetime game finally in, in their own building. Um, as we know, Ford Field finally, you know, sold out for the entire season. And, and then the people of Detroit are, are really uh, amped about this team. Um, and, you know, this seems like a game that they, they probably – Ought to win tonight. Um, looking for a, for a little bounce back here. Uh, you know, like like to see maybe Jameson Williams get a little more work and become a bigger component of that offense. But I mean, this is a good team. I'm not sure how much of a test they're going to get um, from the Raiders. I mean, they have been playing better uh, of late, but but you know haven't really played any any tough teams. This will be a, a definitely a, a step up or you know, one or two steps up in weight class for them. So I'm I'm looking for a strong performance out of the uh, NFC North leaders tonight. All right, you mentioned the trade deadline. That's tomorrow at 1 o'clock Arizona time. Which, quote, big-name players do you think are most likely to be dealt? Well, I still think that, you know, I'm, I'm definitely looking at Derrick Henry because I, I just I don't, I don't see why the Titans would, would try to get something for him now while they can, uh, and perhaps DeAndre Hopkins. But, I mean, I think that they just kind of need to embrace the rebuild as opposed to kind of uh, half-stepping on it, which they've done the last couple of years. So keep an eye on Tennessee, and obviously they've already they've already let one guy go, and Kevin Byard. Um, I mentioned Kirk Cousins earlier. I, I am pretty fascinated with what what are the Vikings going to do here. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they made some moves in the offseason, letting Kendricks and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook go, um, kind of clearing the decks for a Justin Jefferson contract in the future. Uh, they start one and four, but but now they're back to four and four. They're, they're currently the, the third wild card in, in the NFC field, um, which is not you know a very deep field. Um, are they going to just stick with the guys they have in house, which are kind of a, you know Jaron Hall, an unproven rookie, and, and Nick Mullins, and, and Sean Mannion, who are uh, you know journeymen with with I, I think collectively five and fifteen NFL records? You try to go get a guy like a, like a Case Keenum or whatever and bring it in and see what you can do with this, or are they just going to try to you know stick with what they have and see how it goes? So really, uh, you could say they they uh, 
fat, bad luck having this injury come up two days before the trade deadline. But maybe it would have been worse luck if it had been next week. But but I'm kind of fascinated by by that one. And then pass rushers too, I should mention. I mean, uh, I think commanders can't keep both Chase Young and Montez Sweat, so I'm, I'm guessing one of them will go. And you know, obviously we'll be keeping an eye on guys like Daniel Hunter and Brian Burns too. I was going to mention Hunter specifically. So where would be you know possible landing spots for the pass rush trio there that you mentioned? Well, I mean, I, I don't know that there aren't landing spots for, for pass rushers. Uh, you know, and, and the, the Hunter yeah. one is interesting because, like I said, three weeks ago the Vikings were one and four, and it seemed like they, they could de- definitely be a, a team that would sell. Um, going into yesterday, you know, they, they looked like a, a viable playoff contender again. And then, you know, what what are they now, and, and what does that you know what, what does that mean for Daniel Hunter in the last year of his contract? But you know, you're never going to find a defensive coordinator. That won't won't take more pass rushers. That won't take more cornerbacks. So I, I think you can you can fit these guys pretty much anywhere. I think I think a, a trade I'd kind of mock that I, I would like to see was was Chase Young maybe to a team like like Jacksonville uh, that can use a guy yes. like that on kind of a half season rental basis. Um, you know they're, they're okay at pressure. They're they're not good at actually getting sacks. But um, I, I think you know I, I'd like to see a team like like the, like the Jaguars get uh, a bit aggressive. Uh, you know we we got. Four AFC division leaders, all six and two. So I think you know, any of these teams, you could you could make a case need to do a little something to distinguish themselves. Which NFL team do you think would be the best landing spot, or you know, one of the best landing spots for Henry? Yeah, I, I kind of identified five with, 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 with him yesterday. Places that he might work. You know, I think Dallas will work. I think I think Cleveland works very well. I mean, they they've got the cap room too. Excuse me, absorb his contract, and he's kind of a similar runner to, to Nick Chubb. I mean, they, they've kind of been able to do it by committee to a degree, but uh, certainly Derrick Henry is better than any of the guys that they have there right now. And with the ongoing questions about Deshaun Watson's health, um, you know, I think I think if you can really juice up that running game with a guy like him um, uh, to, to complement what's a, what's been an excellent defense uh, this season, and, and give those guys a rest, if you can play ball control on offense, which means running the ball. I think, I think Derrick Henry to, to Cleveland would, would work very well. Um, I think the Ravens might be another one that would work well too, um, to take a little bit of that load. Ra- Ravens and Bills, kind of same situation. Take, take some of that running load off, off your quarterback, uh, and, and give your run game a little bit, a little bit more juice with a guy like him. Talking with Nate Davis from USA today, you mentioned the Bills, you know, obviously they lost Milano and White and Jones from their defense. Offense has been less than humming, I think it's safe to say. You know, can the Bills you know, do enough in these next 24 hours to kind of get this figured out? Well, I mean, I mean, they don't really have a reputation for, for going out and, and, and making big deals. So, I mean, I, I kind of think that they'll probably end up staying pat and they don't have a ton of cap space. I think I think they're under four under five million, maybe between four and five million. So they don't have a ton of flexibility uh, without moving some money around to do anything anyway. But I, I'd like to see them take a shot at a guy like a Derek a Derek Henry to, to help Josh Allen. I mean, another guy I thought maybe they ought to look at. Uh, like you kind of hit on this was maybe an athletic linebacker like a Devin White. I mean, you're not going to replace Matt Milano. Uh, but certainly you, you can fill that hole up a, a little bit. Um, and I would like to see them do something that that you know. Just a little bit. Hey, we're, we're we're going for it. We think we've got enough enough, almost enough here. But we're we're, we're going to bring another guy into this locker room because we think that can put us over the top. Okay, one other team. Speaking of over the top, the Eagles are seven and one, but their defense they've allowed some big plays, including yesterday against Washington and Sam Howell. Yeah, I know that they. You mentioned they they had they added Kevin Byard last week. Uh, could they be looking to add more? 
Well, I, th- I don't think the Eagles were never not looking. I mean, how Howie Rosen is about as active a GM uh, as you're going to find. And I mean, you know, we, they they did the buyer deal last week. You know, they they brought in Julio Jones to the practice squad. He he scored a touchdown yesterday. Um, yeah. you, the offense seems to finally kind of be um, pretty much humming, even though Jalen Hurts is just dragging that that leg around to a degree. I, I don't think the defense is fully gelled um, after the coordinator change and, and losing some guys up the middle last year, but they they still got you know some really nice pieces with with Jalen Carter playing well as a rookie. I, I'm not I'm not overly worried about them. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they make another move, but I think that they're probably more in a tweak mode as opposed to making another splash. Nate, always good talking to you. Thanks much. Have fun. All right, Bob. Enjoy your baseball. Oh, yes. We will definitely do that for sure. No question. Nate Davis from USA Today. And uh, once again, uh, check out the 32 things uh, that he learned uh, in week eight. Right? We get that right? Week eight. I get these weeks mixed up. I'm so confused. Uh, So, yeah, week eight was yesterday, right? I guess it's still tonight. And then we'll move on to week nine i guess all right next segment phone call time speaking moving on shout out bob let's move on to the next segment next segment it'll be phone call time 602-260-1060 and also today's local roundup that'll be topped by some diamondbacks and rangers we'll have much more on diamondbacks and rangers during the extra point uh between 10 and noon and the uh the ad extra point host course hosted by kayla of course tried to you know mixed words and sentences and paragraphs and everything else there uh and then we'll uh time pending uh depending on phone call volume we'll get to a few other things from the weekend including uh cardinals asu and uh, the uva possibly all that next segment probably not all of that but some of that in the next segment 602-260-1060 that's number one on the list if you want to get in we got time and room for you right now you're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD 2 100.7. I'll turn those picks into gold. Wall to wall NFL coverage and the biggest stories coming to you from 3 to 5 p.m. The Rich Eisen Show here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. It's time for today's local roundup. Back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. On to today's local roundup we go, and the uh, Diamondbacks have the uh, the next three nights uh, to gain control of the World Series against the Rangers. Uh, tonight's scheduled pitching matchup is Brandon Fott versus Max Scherzer. In the you know the uh, the, uh, it's the first time this season, the, this postseason, I should say, that the Diamondbacks have not been a consensus underdog. They're favored in some places. They're an underdog in a couple. It's Pickham in most uh, locations, at least in the state of Nevada, as of the last 10 minutes or so. Uh, so, uh, But not an underdog. And they've been an underdog for a lot of the regular season, too. So, uh, you know, some people buying in, at least tonight. Uh, on the Diamondbacks, Fott has made four starts this off uh, this postseason, I should say, uh, and he's uh, you know he's actually he's failed to complete. You know, he actually remember that first start? He didn't get through the first. He actually didn't even get nine outs the first start. He gave up two runs, and it was amazing. He only gave up two runs in that start against Milwaukee in the uh, wild card round because he gave up seven hits and a walk, and he kind of they made it through that and they won the game as it turned out. Uh, he has started three more playoff games. He's been much more effective. All of those have been Arizona wins. 
as was the game in Milwaukee. Uh, in the last three starts that he's had, he's allowed two runs over a total of 14 innings, struck out 10, he's walked just three, uh, and he's pitched uh, still only more than four and a third innings in one of those four postseason starts this year. Meanwhile, Scherzer has made uh, just two starts in the postseason after his regular season ended because of shoulder difficulties on uh, September the 9th. He's come back, and they lost. Uh, the Rangers actually lost both of his playoff starts. Uh, that was in the American League Championship Series to the Astros. Uh, in his outings, those two outings, he's allowed seven runs on nine hits, two walks, and six strikeouts. Meanwhile, after uh, splitting the first two games in Texas, the Diamondbacks have now won four of the six meetings this season against the American League champions. Remember, they played four games in the regular season. The Diamondbacks won three of those. Uh, well, much more on the Diamondbacks and Rangers uh, during the extra point. Uh, the walk-off Game 1 win by the Rangers and the dominating Merrill Kelly performance in Game 2. Uh, that'll be in the extra point from 10 to noon, hosted by Kayla. Also in today's local roundup, the Cardinals' offense was effective for the opening drive. Uh, in Sunday's eventual 31-24 loss to the Ravens, the Cardinals took that opening kickoff. They accumulated six first downs and drove 75 yards in six minutes and uh, 55 seconds to take a 7-0 lead. The Cardinals' offense did pretty much nothing uh, after that. At least, you know, they, they, you know, the Ravens scored the next 24 points from that first drive. Through the time that the Ravens had taken the 24-7 lead, the Cardinals had basically not much. You know, they had the two bogus touchdown drives in the last nine minutes and 55 seconds of the game. I don't pay attention to that. In between, though, that first drive and when the Ravens took the commanding lead, uh, the, uh, the Cardinals basically had a total of five first downs in 61 yards. Uh, the Cardinals' two fourth-quarter touchdowns doubled their fourth-quarter touchdown production uh, over the first seven games of the season, so I'm sure people use some kind of statistical thing to make that sound good. But basically, those were two garbage-time touchdowns against prevent defenses, and actually the Ravens didn't have their starting defensive line in for some of those, game, those snaps either, uh, especially during that first drive. Uh, when the uh, was still, you know, the Diamondback, excuse me, the Diamondbacks, the uh, the uh, the Cardinals still had a larger deficit. Meanwhile, Joshua Dobbs shaky at best again. That's a fourth consecutive game that he's been shaky at best. Uh, after that opening seven-minute drive, uh, you know, he was not good at all. He also, at the end of the first half, I thought this was really kind of if there was a turning point of the game. Uh, this was in a 7-7 game. He was intercepted while throwing into double coverage. The Ravens quickly converted that into a, a very quick touchdown and led at halftime 14-7 because of that. The Ravens' third touchdown followed another Dobbs interception. Uh, so he clearly has not been anywhere near what he was the first you know, three or four starts of the season. In fact, in the last four games, Dobbs has now thrown five interceptions and fumbled three times. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Kyler Murray, apparently, uh, uh, actually, if Kyler Murray wasn't on the horizon to return, I actually wondered yesterday whether it might be Clayton Toon time at some point before they had the two phony touchdown drives in that fourth quarter. 
Murray apparently will not make his 2023 season debut next week at Cleveland, which at least I think is a good idea against the Cleveland front seven, and they're basically really excellent defense. Uh, so we'll see what's going on there. Um, really, there was a, certainly point spread drama in the last two minutes of that game yesterday. The point spread, depending on when you bet it, was anywhere from 7.5 to 10. Uh, I mentioned depending on when you wagered. Uh, meanwhile, the Cardinals appeared you know, headed to covering the number. Uh, 31-23 when Dobbs ran for a two-point conversion, but... Paris Johnson was called for holding on that penalty, on that play, so the subsequent uh, two-point conversion from a longer distance failed. Then they got the onside kick. They uh, the uh, they got that, and then Matt Prater. They needed two scores, quote unquote. Uh, his field goal with 26 seconds to go cut the margin to seven, and the Cardinals covered their point first point spread in five weeks. Some other quick stuff here, random stuff regarding the Cardinals. Amari Di Mercado, clear number one running back for a second straight week. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that at this point. However, uh, James Conner is actually eligible to return this week uh, from injured reserve. Um, haven't heard anything whether he's going to return, but he is eligible. So maybe that will change the running back situation. Obviously, when Conner comes back, uh, yeah, I'm assuming he's going to be healthy when he comes back. He would uh, assume that number one role again. The weekly cornerback shuffle continued. Antonio Hamilton uh, was the fourth different starting cornerback opposite uh, you know, Marco Wilson uh, in yesterday's game. Uh, so we'll see if that continues. I don't think it's really fair to point out that yeah, Hamilton had a rough time yesterday, but... You know, the Ravens have some pretty good receivers, and Odell Beckham made a couple of really nice plays basically against Hamilton, and there were two penalties on Hamilton that also, the one one that certainly had a lot to do with a scoring drive. The other one, kind of shaky call, I thought, but that's still, he got flagged. Meanwhile, on the injury front, uh, Michael Wilson left in the fourth quarter. with uh, I've not heard anything about uh what his injury was, an unannounced injury, I think is the way I, I could best put it, at least as of last night. So we'll see what's going on there. Also starting at least the last yesterday, starting left guard, uh, Christian Cologne uh, suffered a knee injury on the second play of the game. Uh, he was replacing a regular uh, starter, Elijah Wilkerson, who was placed on injured reserve before the game. And also uh, yesterday, uh, you know, not playing Chris Barnes, and uh, Kevin Strong, linebacker and defensive lineman, they were ruled out on Friday. Meanwhile, the Sun Devils won. They beat a FBS opponent for the first time this season. They led 24-21 at halftime and never trailed during the second half in the 38-27 victory against Washington State. ASU, one of the worst Power 5 running teams in the country, Bottom five in that category amongst all Power Five. Well, they dominated the line of scrimmage on Saturday night. In fact, they rushed for 235 yards compared to 88 yards in the ground for Wazoo. Wazoo's now lost four consecutive games. No ASU running back had had a single run longer than, uh, than 17 yards this season before Saturday night. Uh, the run game, I think, was the biggest reason that the Sun Devils were also 8-for-11 on third down on Saturday night. 
Meanwhile, the Wildcats, uh, they also were home underdogs, but they won. Uh, they defeated uh, you know, then-11th-ranked Oregon State. Uh, Noah Fafita uh, continued his excellent play as a starting quarterback, 25-32, of 32, uh, 275 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, the final two touchdowns came in the fourth quarter on passes to Michael Wiley, who was actually back. He had missed the previous three games because of injury. He's an excellent runner, but probably even a better receiver. And because of his receiving school skills, I think that Wiley has a really chance, good chance to be uh, not just on an NFL roster, I think he has a chance to be a productive NFL player. Uh, the U of A has scored touchdowns and consecutive drives to take a 27-17 lead before Oregon State added the touchdown with 128 remaining. And unlike the Cardinals, uh, Oregon State was unable to get an onside kick uh, to extend the game. Basically, it was a knee, take a knee for three plays after that uh, for the U of A. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's show with the National Roundup. That will include uh, a little bit. Uh, well, actually, we'll start with World Series Game 3 odds and uh, the Monday Night Football odds for tonight. Then we'll get into some things from the weekend scoreboard from uh, the NFL and also a little college football. And uh, time pending, we'll get to some uh, rip from the headlines and from the wire. Also, don't forget the extra point coming up with Kayla. Much more on the Diamondbacks and the Rangers at that point, among many things. NFL and college football weekend roundup. I'm guessing a lot more NFL than college football because, quite frankly, there wasn't a whole lot going on Saturday in college football. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. the latest sports topics weekly right here on KDUS AM 1060 with me the Doug Gottlieb show 1 to 3 p.m. It's time for today's national roundup. Welcome back to the final segment of today's sports show with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. And we start the national roundup with the latest World Series line for game number three. And we'll get to some Monday Night Football numbers here in a second. First up, once again, to repeat from the last segment, Scherzer against Fott, the scheduled starting pitchers. And looking right now, pretty much everywhere, at least in the state of Nevada, that's the easiest thing for me to just look up quickly, uh, has this game roughly a pick em. Diamondbacks are a small favorite at a couple of places, including, say, the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas. However, the Westgate, as we speak, is just uh, a little Rangers action here. Uh, so it's basically minus 110, minus 115, depending on where you're doing your shopping, at least in the state of Nevada. I think that's kind of universal as far as uh, worldwide right now. The Lions hosting Monday Night Football for the first time since 2018 tonight. And the Lions hosting the, the Raiders and I think everywhere is 7.5. There's some juice towards uh, the Raiders' side here, though. So if it moves off of 7.5, which is seemingly unlikely, it would seem to be more, more likely based on the juice uh, in a couple of places, not just Nevada, but a couple of other worldwide sports books. Uh, it would be more likely to go to 7 than it would be to 8, at least right now. 
you never know. It's a Monday night standalone game, and uh, sometimes crazy things happen in the last few hours before a game. All right, football scoreboard. The Niners, as we talked about with Nate Davis earlier in the hour, lost a third straight game. Joe Burrow, three touchdown passes, and uh, completed at one point 19 consecutive passes against the 49ers defense. Burrow finished 28 of 32, 283 yards with those three touchdowns. Valley product Brock Purdy, two interceptions, and has now thrown five picks during the three-game 49ers losing streak. San Francisco has next week off. Probably a good thing for them at this point. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes lost to the Broncos for the first time. The Broncos win 24-9. First time that they've beaten uh, the Broncos in 16 games going back to week two of the 2015 season. Last time they had beaten them, it was 2,965 days ago. That's a long time. <laughs> that's a whole long time. Woo, that's a lot. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, Mahomes' first loss in 12 after 12 wins against the Broncos in his first road defeat to anybody in the AFC West since uh, he won his uh, first 16 division games away from Arrowhead Stadium. All right, one other quick thing here. Oklahoma loses on Saturday. Dylan Gabriel, uh, incomplete passes the in, in the end zone at the end of the game. You heard that play at the top of the hour. As OU loses at Kansas, 38-33. And actually, I didn't think Kansas played that great, quite frankly. Oklahoma was just really bad on uh, defense, made a couple of really bad special teams plays. All those things added up into a KU victory. All right, next two hours will be the Extra Point hosted by Kale, including plenty more in the Diamondbacks and the Rangers World Series. Game three tonight at Chase Field. Also, more phone call time if you want to jump aboard, 602-260-1060. Plenty more on the NFL and college football weekend. All that coming in the next two hours in the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening. <laughs>